Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 37 of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, your host, Angus Boyle. On this week's episode of the podcast, we have two fantastic guests. We have Mr. Dan Fryer and Mr. Gate Lambert, who professionally work as um, creatives in the advertising industry uh, and who also have had some major success, um, particularly on TikTok, with their own sort of social content as well. Um, this is, for the first time ever on the Creative Marketing Podcast, we've got a two-part episode. So right now, this is part one. We're going to sort of talk about Dan and Gates' origin story, where they where they began, how they sort of started working together, and how their career in, in advertising started. So some super interesting stuff for definitely for anyone who's you know interested in potentially working as a creative in the advertising industry but also lots of sort of interesting ways of thinking about advertising thinking about creative etc um that i think would be super useful for anyone and then keeping the cliffhanger in next week's episode we're going to talk about a lot of the sort of tiktok success and a lot of their advice for for some of that stuff so two awesome episodes uh i hope you enjoy the first one i guess it's been a while since the podcast's been back, been back, been around, I don't know what to say. I'm out of practice, okay, this is my first intro in a while, I took a little summer holiday, it was delightful, I didn't make any podcasts for a few weeks, um, but now I'm back with a bang. Also, for anyone who's listened to the weekly report, um, I think I've decided to tweak the format of that, and we're going to do a monthly report instead of a weekly report, because I think weekly was just grueling. And there was never really much interesting to say on a weekly basis, whereas month by month, I think it's going to be the perfect balance where it's regular enough, but there's also interesting things to think about and to do. Uh, don't forget to check out artbyangus.com for some of the finest and best abstract art ever created on the planet Earth, or any other planet for that matter. Um, also, don't forget to leave a review, uh, tell your friends about the podcast, spread the word, give it a share, help us grow. And other than that, let me get my guitar for the introduction. Hope you're ready for it. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Still got it. Welcome Hello. to the show, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having us, Angus. Thank you thank for you. thank you for yeah. What Gate said. What I thought for the the intro, I think, to start is if you can both give your own sort of intro origin story, a bit about you, who you are. And I guess up until the point that you guys met, and then we can we can get into that story, I guess, and where things went. Oh wow, there. You're, that's I'm that's where we're starting on the. Oh okay. Oh, we're going. Uh, well, people need to know everything, all the details. Who you are, you know? Yeah. Oh, all those Gate fanboys and girls are going to be like, oh, these. I just this is the juicy detail. This, <laughs> yeah. this is the stuff they've never heard before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So origin story. Um, okay, I'll, I'll be quick. So born in a place called chatham in north kent uh it's not it's fine it's fine it's it's where chabs are famously from originally apparently is where the word comes from and also well, a real claim to fame, <laughs> fame exactly um it uh has the tappan tin where uh where the libertines played I've worked there for a bit nice. interesting uh, okay no seriously so i grew up in a place called gravesend uh it was a working class land um, grew up, uh, you know, weren't, weren't that rich growing up, but parents pushed me, you know, they were like, got to get this guy to go to university. And I went all the way to the university of Kent, <laughs> which is about 20 miles away from where I grew up. 
and then uh yeah and then then studied english literature but went to the film lectures that's why i say if there's any students listening don't go to your well do go to your lectures obviously i'm not in any way saying you shouldn't but also go to other people's lectures because that's the best right and that's how i learned how films worked and then i met this crazy guy with hair at the time that does a joke it doesn't work because you can't see gates <laughs> for the people uh, with no video uh i have not a hair on my head now and exactly and i have the opposite i have very long hair so you know we had to do something to distinguish ourselves i met this guy uh playing inline hockey that's how we met um he was studying well no i'm getting into his story um and then anyway you want you want to stop at when we meet yeah that's there, that's where you stop yeah, that's okay, where you stop. Cool, all right that's okay, oh, and then you can then you can tag team the the story from that point on the, from there on yeah okay so my my origin story i was uh born in belgium and um and very quickly uh moved to the united arab emirates when i think i was a few months old lived there for a bit then moved to zambia then moved to india then moved to canada then moved to kenya <laughs> then moved to what did i say kenya kenya yeah. and then ireland and then i went to uni uh, uh and of all places i chose the university of kent um so in many ways the same journey <laughs> <laughs> yeah not much difference then you know, exactly. well, yeah it's amazing how similar our our life stories up until that point were i moved now. 20 miles away you moved 60 20 000 miles away it was it, it was uh, maybe a little bit longer yeah um and uh i think i may have actually forgotten a couple of countries in that list but um but yeah no uh, my dad's dad uh was a diplomat who's retired I mean, you can't you can't do this without telling everyone what your eighth birthday present was I, I i know exactly the birthday present you're talking about and and to, to just to correct you i was seven it was my okay. seventh birthday when i uh this was when i lived in india and um and as a seventh birthday present uh my driver because yes, you have a driver when you live in India. Um, just, just for the record, not everyone in India has a driver. <laughs> but, that really good. but diplomats do. Um, and um, and yeah, my driver got me an elephant. Um, <laughs> just an elephant, uh, a standard Asian elephant. Um, I absolutely tell I didn't know there's an Asian elephant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like if an African elephant had shown up, <laughs> I even that would have been crazy. Year old, I would have gone like that would have been a weird present. <laughs> yeah, be weird. You were like, oh well, we've we'll come a long way. Um, and uh, and yeah, we didn't we didn't keep it because um, it was it was not very good for the, the garden. The elephant. elephant. Um, yeah, yeah. because it was a god the driver we we I wouldn't call it. I would <laughs> I would have said him. I, um, Oh yeah, terrible, terrible for the garden. The the elephants, um, they leave massive holes wherever they walk. Um, so uh, had to had to send it back to where. Very similar upbringings, Angus. Very similar. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can, yeah. I can see. Yeah, it's it's almost a it's almost an identical story. But uh, but yeah, got started playing uh, inline hockey uh, in Canada, and then uh, when I found out there was an inline hockey team at the University of Kent, um, 
I uh, decided to join that. And then I, I met this person who at the time looked like the keyboardist from Roxette. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and yeah, um, I think, did we start doing like working on st stuff straight away? Not really. Yeah, that's that's us. That's where we met. Uni. Good okay. luck in that, Angus. So, so I guess that's and that's the beginning of then a, a long friendship is when you met. So yeah, what what happened once you met? How did the friendship begin? And then how did you start? I guess how did you get into a, played a lot of professional relationship um, beyond just the beyond inline hockey? Unless you took that pro at some point too. <laughs> we did well. I mean, we went international with it. Um, we did quite well in the in the UK league. Nice. Um, uh, I say quite well. We never won it. Um, <laughs> we are very much lower mid table. Yeah. Well, I mean, you That's know, respectable. Like never, never relegated. Um, I don't think you can be relegated. That's so. <laughs> that would have been difficult, anyways. I mean, there was a lot of times when you kind of turn up and win because the other team was just busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the state of the inline I hockey think. league twelve years ago. Um, <laughs> I think I was thinking we because actually what happened is we I mean we did play a lot, um, but it's only when we we were both committee members that that we started doing stuff together that wasn't hockey um, as well because. Because and then I and then I, it might have been because you told me that you were going to other people's lectures that it even occurred to me that I could go to some lectures that weren't law, which is what I was studying. They don't the take time. a register, Angus. They don't take That's, a register. I, they don't really advice. I wish I'd done it more. Yeah, and so I started going to uh, one of our other friends' uh, multimedia technology and design lectures and learned how to. Uh, Photoshop, learned how to edit, basically the whole kind of Adobe Creative Suite. Um, but, 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 you know, with most of my efforts being on those, those two things like Photoshop and, and at the time, Final Cut. Um, mm. And, uh, and yeah, and we just, I think we, because were you already working on the radio show at that point, Concrete? Yeah, we, uh, a friend of another friend of ours called Richard uh, had written a radio series, and they, at the time, the University of Kent had the first ever. No, not true. That's not true. But they had an FM radio station, which was very unusual for a student radio station. So you could listen to it in Canterbury if you were like rocking around right. Canterbury. You could tune in. I mean, it was mostly shoddy, if I'm honest. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily great, but it had you know it was, it was really fun. You know, it was run. It was taken seriously, and um, yeah, I was uh, I ended up um, editing that with him and working with lots of comedians and learning how to direct and all that stuff which is really interesting and then yeah and that's partly why i was going to other people's lectures to try and work out what the hell i was doing um and that was quite yeah but we had at that point that had finished and we weren't we were nominated for a student radio award no it doesn't mean anything these days but it was you know it's fun <laughs> presented by alex zane um, who did not like when you mistook him from the other guy with the other guy from the radio like who's called something zane can't remember. Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe, that's it. Ah, oh, that was a classic. People I was thinking about Zane Lowe the other day. He really <laughs> took his MTV2 fame and ran with it. <laughs> like, fair play to him. Yeah, he's done, as, he's done as much as he could have done with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, where are Alex Zane and Zane Lowe now? Like, what are they doing? I think Zane Lowe has a podcast. Um, 
you. I think that's his biggest thing. You right should now. have Zane Lowe on here, not us, Angus. We're the wrong people. We're the wrong I mean, people. It goes. I mean, it goes got his contact details. <laughs> Send them you know, away. It goes. It goes Dan and Gay, and then Zane Lowe. That's uh... <laughs> at this point. I think that is fair. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we did, and then um, and then I can't remember how we found out, but I mean, maybe maybe the listeners will remember Doritos for a few years were running these competitions where you can enter an ad. Yeah. It was the first one of those was called "You Make It, We Play It." It was uh, the advertising agency was AMV. Yeah, and um, and Gay and I made uh, one of those. I can't really can't really remember how we ended up. We just kind of started brainstorming. We had a few friends who could shoot stuff. It was all shot on like little mini HDV tapes. That's how long ago it was. It wasn't shot on like a solid state like they are now or a DSLR. Nice. And um, yeah, we uh, we had we made these giant Doritos suits. People running about. I'm not really sure there was a story, uh, but we it won. Was, of course, there was. It was, it was vaguely. How do you think they choose which Doritos go in a Dorito packet? Mm. And then cut to a bunch of human-sized Doritos running around the woods. Um, obviously. Obviously. Like and, the then, and then the one that won the race clearly gets to be in the Dorito packet. <laughs> if you want to see it, it's on gamingate.co.uk if you're interested. Go and have a look. Um, yeah, we won one of the weekly winner prizes, which is nice. You got to go a little to a little award ceremony. And then, you know, I'd like to say from that point on, we were hooked, but we, we weren't really. I mean, um, we did we did some other things. But then but then actually what you did is you went off and studied advertising, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I then did the master's in creative advertising at the University of Falmouth. Um, and then and while I was there, I did uh, I did a, a placement at JWT, um, which was which was really good. Worked with some with some really cool people there. Um, and then my the so at the time I had uh, an an art director partner who was um, her name's Molly Main and she was she was great as well. But we got to the we got to the end of the course. And we both had other things that uh, that we wanted to do, and one of the things that I want that I still wanted to do before I started the big advertising career was just do a bit more in theatre because I'd done a lot of theatre. One of the one of the other things I did at the University of Kent was um, was I was part of the the drama society. I was um, I accidentally I remember this in my first year got cast uh, for. The, the the third or the final year project like which was um, for for drama students and it was supposed to be for third year drama students only and I didn't know that um, so I auditioned and I got a part <laughs> and it's only like you know a month into rehearsals that um, a month. Um, well at least it was at least a month when when they were talking oh, cool. about a specific lecturer and they were like oh god i hate that guy and i was like, and they were like do you have him and i was like why would i have him i study law <laughs> um, <laughs> um so unless he does law lectures on the side um don't see what happened. Did you do the final one? Did you do the play? Yeah, it was too late, and also the director really liked me, anyways. So, um, uh, and that's how you accidentally got a drama degree. <laughs> <laughs> so I also have. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, coming out of the of the uh, the masters in advertising, I um, 
I, I was always writing anyways, and I kind of wrote a play and then looked out for different theaters that were looking for new scripts and new writers and everything. And then uh, found Theater 503 in Clapham and they, um, they, yeah, they let me, uh, they even let me direct it, which was uh, pretty exciting as well. So, put on a show for a bit and then, and then realized that, um, you know, you, you only ever lose money in the world of theater. So I was, once that was done, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I needed Dan to finish the project that he was working on at the time so that we could then become an, a, a partner, a creative partnership and go into advertising. But Dan, you should definitely talk about that project that you were on at the time. That was very good as well. Okay. Well, so while Gate was doing that, I was working with Richard again, who was the other guy I spoke about. Um, and we were working on it. I was directing a film with him uh, called The Last Bookshop, which he wrote. Um, and it was about, guess what it was about? <laughs> it was, it was about a bookshop and it was the last one. It was the last, <laughs> yes. It, wow, it's amazing. You got that. Um, yeah, it was it's set in a world where all the all of the bookshops are gone apart from this last one. And, the, and there was also the last bookshop keeper. And there was, you know, there's this boy and they had a relationship. And it's really interesting. I won't spoil it for you. It's on YouTube if you're interested. If you just go onto YouTube, type the last bookshop. Um, and um, we were very lucky. We were funded at the time by an amazing person called Sarah uh, and she worked in the publishing industry and she, she, uh, yeah, she, she just gave us the money to do it. It was incredible. It wasn't, it was like quite still a very small budget. It was only, I, I can't remember how much it was, but it was only a few thousand, but we, we pulled it together and it was really good. And then it got like, yeah, got like a hundred thousand views on YouTube at the time. I think it's much, I think it's higher now. Um, not much higher, but it's a bit higher. And, um, you know, it got a write up in, in like um, various newspapers, it was really cool. It was, it was an amazing experience. And that's what I thought life was going to be, Angus. I thought life was going to be a series of, of us making amazing films and then getting loads of views on YouTube and other things. And then, um, and then it turns out that's not how life treats you. That basically is. That sounds like a pretty accurate summation of your life to me right now. <laughs> it, I mean, it's not that far off. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was it's... a few years between that one and the next success. It did take some work. Um, even, then... the, even, the, even the work you're making for work is still getting viewed by a lot of people. I mean, That's it's true. getting, and if we're counting views on uh, on on the ads we're making, um, then exactly. then it's dramatically more than uh, <laughs> we've cheated on some of those. Though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. um, well, look, I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot. You, I mean, we're just giving you a right editing job now, aren't we, Angus? Let's be honest. Oh no, this is all going in. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am very lazy when it comes to editing. I should have warned you. This is, this is, oh, no. this is, we are, however many minutes we've been recording, that's how far into the episode we are. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. All right. So where are we at now? This really, is long form really audio, guys. This is, um, also, see, I'm, I think it's super interesting because there's already been so many interesting tidbits of things that I didn't know that add up to make so much sense as to like your success now, like drama, the loads of the editing, the working in the radio, all of these things sort of, all seem to be pointing in the same direction. So I think it is very interesting to, to chat through it all. Mike, I guess you're right there. So one of the things, we'll, we'll move on to how we got into advertising because Gate can tell that. Um, but I, I think you're right, though, that it's amazing how uh, your life is a list of things that take you to where you are. And, I, and there's, a, there's a bloke who does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu called Keenan Cornelius, 
who isn't that relevant, but he does say one thing, which I think is really interesting. He talks about positive programming. And he talks about how when you're trying to do something in your life, because he's, he's like a world champion, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and when you're, tra- he wants to be a world champion and train world champions now. He's like, he's like a trainer. And he said like, everything's important. If that's your goal, everything's important. Like, um, and he talks about positive programming in the sense that, you know, it shouldn't be incidental that you lift up your phone and you find yourself just browsing a random thing. You should be trying to make sure that what you're inputting into yourself is the thing that's going to get you into that goal. I wouldn't necessarily say that's how I've lived my life. But what I, ca- what I can say is you can definitely see, though, that the things you put into yourself, the things that you expose yourself to, they do lead you to doing the things that you want, if you want to, it, like doing yeah. the things that they are talking about. So if you're sitting there like constantly consuming media about, say, celebrities or something, like a friend of ours who's awesome called Hannah Farrell, she's fantastic. She's doing she's doing her own stuff on, on TikTok. She loves that stuff. And so now she's like on TikTok, a mad star, like working on that stuff. Incidentally, you should have her on the podcast doing uh, doing mad stuff with like the Kardashians and stuff because that's what she loves and that's what she does. And I think that's like one, I, I, I completely agree. So it's really interesting you say that. I think that it does all add up, you know, to where you want to go. But that's why you should also be conscious of it as well. Maybe be a little bit less haphazard than we have been. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think, it, what, what, you know, as a as a good segue, actually, because the first thing that happened uh, following the era of haphazardness was that we decided, so we decided, okay, well, like, um, you know, because I, I obviously, I knew a bit more about advertising having done the, the MA. Um, <laughs> I knew uh, significantly more. And, and so, but I was like, I, you know, but obviously I also knew Dan very well and I knew all all of his potential and our what our combined potential would be and mm-hmm. um and so so the first thing we did was we put all these random projects that we did onto a website and then that's sent not actually true the first thing you did was take me to a bar and woo oh yeah and that's and like essentially crazy. propose um, <laughs> were you nervous before yeah. Uh, what me? Uh, yeah. I think Dan was probably more nervous. <laughs> what is he? What, what, what is that? Are we on a date? <laughs> <laughs> you got down on one knee and you said you opened, like, you picked up like, a little poster. You know, will you make me the happiest creative ever? Um, <laughs> it was a weird one actually because you were really you were really knew me really well because like um, I was I'm always like always have been a bit afraid to commit to something. I always want to know that it's going to be the right thing. Mm. Maybe I don't know why why that is. And you said the the magic words. You said you can quit whenever you want. Right? It doesn't matter if you don't like it. You can quit whenever you want. And apparently that was enough to keep me working with you for twelve years. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. And that still stands, Dan. You know. but yeah, no. So we um, we put we put all of these different things onto onto a website and then and sent it out to like every email address that we had that who was who was anyone working in in agencies. But like obviously, you know, uh, like going going bigger on the on especially the agencies that we really liked and like and we got we got like all of our favorite agencies were like got back to us and wanted to chat and they brought us in and this, obviously this is at a time where people would meet face to face um and then and yeah and so we'd go to like we went to we went to widens we went to bbh we went to bmb who were awesome at the time as well and um and we were and and everyone was just really 
like they they wanted to talk to us. They didn't want to give us a job because they were like, you have no advertising in your portfolio. You have all this this random stuff, and and you're like you're super interesting, but I I can't hire you. You have to show me that you can actually write ads. And we're like, we can write ads. We just you know we just haven't done it yet. <laughs> so. They would give us they would give us like either spec briefs or they would just say just go away um, or or more helpfully go away come up with some ads and please do come back kind of thing um, and and I think we we did give it a go um, writing some ads but then but then uh, we we also went to a place called HMDG where the the ECD at the time was John Messam, who's of of Saatchi and Saatchi fame, and uh, and he was just awesome. And he was, and I, I don't know, maybe he's just more willing to to take a chance. And he was I, like, "You start tomorrow." Um, I genuinely think that the, I genuinely think. No, I think I remember the exact sentence was. He looked at our portfolio. It had no ads in it. He was just like he clearly had a long day, and he was <laughs> like, "Can you start tomorrow?" And we were like, yes. And I think that's genuinely what got us the job. And that was it, yeah. <laughs> I think because we could start tomorrow, <laughs> he was like, okay, I'll give you a chance. Done. And yeah, and um, then, yeah, we were, and, and actually, so, you know, at the time, and I think this is really important, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I was, I was very, I was actually up to my eyeballs in credit card debt. So one of the reasons why, you know, we could have gone away. And I, I genuinely believe we could have gone away, written loads of ads and worked at it because that's what you're expected to do, right? Expected to like, when you're a creative, for any, for all those people out there who don't know, when you're creative, you're doing placements, you go to, you go do what, what are called crits, which are kind of like where your book, your portfolio is looked through by these incredible creative directors uh, who are, you know, paid incredibly well and have made amazing campaigns. And they, you, they look through and they tell you that you know that you can do this better or that better and you're supposed to go away and then work on it it's like a contract you have this little contract between them your contract is is they will keep looking at your portfolio as long as you keep improving it um but the truth was and i think this is a problem for a lot of uh, young creatives is that i didn't have the money to do that i had to have a job i was like i had just made a film my parents ain't got no money to give me put all of my myself on credit cards at that point i think i was like two grand in debt on a credit card and i didn't have any way to pay it off and so, yeah, the priority was, wasn't it, Gate? Like, we needed a job. So, so we didn't get a chance to do the thing where you where you go back and forth. And we part of the reason why we took that job, or we would, you know, was was well. Firstly, it was an amazing opportunity, obviously. But secondly, like, we really needed it. <laughs> so, so we so we took that one. And that's something which I do wish there was a way to change in the world as well for like kids now, because it does mean you tend to get a certain kind of person coming to advertising, right? Yeah. Someone who can afford to do that roundabout. Yeah, I think that's definitely that's definitely true, and I um, and I think the I mean we were um, yeah you're right we were we were desperate to get a job because if we if we didn't get a job soon we would have had to get like a part time job that actually paid something um, and then and then delayed the whole getting into into actual advertising for for some time. Um, Whereas, but it was a great opportunity, though, right? It was a great yeah, opportunity. And, I think, and, and weirdly, though, I would say that if anyone, if anyone is able to um, to kind of wait out and do like more rounds of like go for a, go for a crit, work on your book, come back, etc., that's that. There is definitely a lot to be to be gained from that. We just we just couldn't afford it at the time. 
Um, and so we kind of, um, we just, yeah, the first, the first good opportunity that came up, we very much seized it. Yeah. One um, question I want to ask is like, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can. On my turn, maybe we should have cameras off because my internet's really, uh, all right, let's get a camera. Let's try that. Just uh, so it's definitely the YouTube. The YouTube dreams are dashed. But if the po the podcast really <laughs> really matters here, um, I wanted to ask what are I guess because so step back. The sort of target audience of this podcast is creative people who are like early in their journey who are trying to learn how to market themselves and sort of get their work seen. And so I'm interested in any thoughts you have in terms of what are the best practices? What are like the basics of advertising and how to, how to make advertising creative and you know, what should be included? How should people go about that? Especially if it's say someone on their own trying to advertise their own wares, I guess. Well, um, well, there's so, I mean, that's quite, that's a, that's a whole episode in itself. <laughs> Well, because we've obviously, you know, for 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 a number of years now, we've been um, we've we've been on the on the opposite end of of the table that we were just talking about, where um, where we've been the ones kind of giving crits and mm -hmm. and giving feedback and tr and trying to help people get into get into uh, certainly creative advertising um, um, in in as many ways as possible and. Uh, one of the things that we we have and we share uh, quite freely with with anyone that we feel would benefit from it is we've actually made um, a, a Google Slides presentation which has which you know which it's like we and we really don't give this to everyone because not everyone needs it but like but but there are some people who come into advertise or rather who want to go into advertising who aren't going to do a degree in it or even a course in it but they you know but they're clearly they're creative and they're talented and and what they're not going to have is 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 an understanding of of like of all the strategy that creative advertising is is founded on um and i think they actually part of being a good creative and a huge part of being a good creative especially at the beginning is being able to um, to be strategic, not just be not just be creative. Because if you want to be creative for creative's sake, then um, then you're you're better off looking at something that is more artistic, or you know, or, or something that's uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like you want to get into films or something, and you should you know you should do whatever you're you're most passionate about. Um, but if it and if it is advertising, if you feel like you know there's a, there's a lot of you you or rather you see you see like everything that you, you've learned about advertising the variety of the projects the how how different how how flexible you have to be with your creativity and that excites you um then then yeah then it, it is a case of like of being able to to take a brief and come up with with the the most interesting new way in and that and that does that's not even an ad that is a thought and i think that that's and that's always what we um ask first of of people who are who are interested in in working in advertising who like who are putting their their portfolios together it's like we want to what we want to see is not like your executions because 
um, ultimately, you know, you may or may not be doing any executions at all. But what you will be required to do is 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 just really interesting, innovative, original thinking. And so that's what you should be able to to showcase first. I don't know what to, I don't even know how to ask. It's like it's always been something that slightly hurts my brain. Like, how do you? Yeah, what is that strategy? How do you like, and how do you go about, I guess, taking that idea, going from that sort of way in? How does that grow then into something that people would be, you know, somebody work in advertising, something that they would recognize as an ad? I there's a there's a an ECD team called John and Chris, uh, and they won all the awards, and they for a long time had a list of strategies on their website that they had got from many amazing creative teams that they had done crits with. And, uh, and you know, do go look at their portfolio. I mean, they've got amazing work. And you should get them on the podcast, Angus. They're, they're great. But the, fundamentally, I think um, the the first thing you need to do is you need to find, and, and, you know, this will be classic for anyone who studied advertising at university, is you find that thing, that truth about the product or the brand, um, you find that what's genuinely true, or you find a truth about the product or brand, and then you find the thing that's uh, the thing that's true about humans, right? And then you try to find in the Venn diagram of those two things the thing that bring you know humans and the product together to create, and that's where you find your uh, advertising idea. And often that will end up becoming the end line, which is where you start. So often. Um, you know, it's called, well, really, if in, in real advertising terms, that's the proposition, really, ideally, mm -hmm. although it does have a lot more research in it <laughs> than just that. But when you're creative, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that thing that ties a human truth and a product truth or a brand truth together. Um, and, you know, there are lots of really great uh, examples of that, you know, um, obviously the a classic one being diamonds are forever. You know, it's a it's it's a beautiful human truth that marriage is forever. And a beautiful, uh, a beautiful truth about diamonds is that they are hard, literally the hardest substance and therefore last forever. And so like that line just works perfectly. Um, and there's loads of them, you know, there's loads of them. And I, could, I could keep going forever about all these amazing things. But that's where, you know, you've got to find that. And one of the things that, um, that the, only, the only way we've amended that, because that's like classic advertising lessons, right? That's, yeah. that's how you do it. That's how they got to all the great strap lines. But the thing that we've amended that with is we almost sometimes put in like nowadays a third a third thing. So you've got product or brand truth, human truth. But then we also look at the zeitgeist as well. And you can kind of and if you can tie it into something that's happening right now, even yeah. if it's executionally, that's where you find something on social that's going to do really well. Because sometimes a great advertising idea can be fantastic, but it doesn't you know, it might work really well in a, like a in an amazing TV or poster campaign, but you need to find that thing that way in uh, that's going to get it really good on social. And that's kind of like where we've been, you know, leaning in and trying to learn how to do in recent years. Um, and you can see all the great creatives doing that, you know, um, and that's, you know, all the all the award winning campaigns do that, too. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say. And then I suppose there's a practical side of it, like you need to build yourself a portfolio of um of if you want to come become a creative in advertising you need to build yourself a portfolio of these ads these pretend ads the arena or spec ads campaigns more more than ads you know whole campaigns and the important thing is um if you're a creative wants to come in is that it feels like you need to have made stuff right that you need to have made stuff but actually um 
certainly for me and Gay anyway, and I think it's true for a lot of creative directors, when you're looking at people coming into the industry and you're doing a crit with them, you're less interested in whether they've made something and more interested in whether they've got the thinking that's required. Mm. Um, so you don't necessarily need to have gone out there and, and like done it all in wanting to demonstrate your thinking. Now, sometimes that will be because you've sat there and you've come up with an amazing viral video that's gone viral and it's done really well. And that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't mean that that's the only way in. Like, really, you just got to demonstrate who you are and, you know, what you bring to the table is what I'd say. Yeah, super interesting. That um, is a perfect segue also into, into I guess, the sort of meat and potatoes of what I wanted to, to discuss with you, because you touched a few of the few of the words that you used all sort of throw into to what we're going to talk about, which is making things tap into the zeitgeist and do well on social and things that, that get views um so i guess talking about that it's something that you both have um have a demonstrated track record in doing especially uh, recently on tiktok ah cliffhanger that's where the episode stops for today you're gonna have to tune in next week to hear about that tiktok for now this has been the creative marketing podcast Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another episode, which is part two of the Creative Marketing Podcast. It's going to be episode 38, but it's going to be part two of the episode 37. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to check out artbangus.com for some of the finest and greatest art in the world. Don't forget to leave a review. Share the podcast with your friends. Make sure you subscribe if you're not. And make sure you just do something nice for someone else today and stop being so fucking selfish. <laughs> I'm only messing you, probably lovely. Cheers.